Hello and welcome back to The Back Pocket, the podcast that this week sacked its coach and finally had a victory. Uh, the coach being ourselves, um, we suck and we should not have a job. Uh, I am Jack and I'm joined once again by Alistair, proving the quality of this team once again. I listened to most of what you said, but I wish I didn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to do this a lot easier, I think. Ah, uh, It is what it is. How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm here. I'm way tired than I thought I was before I sat down. You took but a full day of work, you went to the gym, you came home, you did some naked dishes, and now you're on a podcast. I was, I was speed running the dishes. I had to, I was in between getting in the shower and making myself a drink, and I had to do the dishes in between those. So if I put clothes on, it would have taken more time. But it would have made my day a lot better. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's get into it then. Uh, you do the intro, so I do the votes, and this is going to be controversial. Ooh. You're probably going to have him higher. Uh, I've given my one vote to Sam DeConning. Funnily enough, I have him as a special mention. Oh, okay. Um, he was almost my one vote. I just think it was such a team defense effort that yeah. caused his game. Like, he was very, very good, but, like, Henry and Guthrie, like, there were so many intercepts between the whole gang, it was hard to pick one that the was good. The whole gang. Because I think... Like, even if you look at Henry's second half, where he basically nullified Kerno, had just as many intercepts as Sam DeConing did for the game. Like, it was hard to pick out one player. It, it is, but I have to give it to DeConing just for the fact that he did blanket McCoy Kept a Coleman medalist. Yeah. The reigning Coleman medalist uh, to one point. And it was, it was the team defense, but it was also just a shocking forward 50 display from Carlton. So, um, I'm giving him the one for that. Could have been higher, um, but... It was a really good week this week. There was a lot of strong performances down back, I thought, anyway. Um... But yeah, no, I understand that one. Uh, my one vote went to Mitch Duncan, okay. um, who finally played. Is he a, a defender? He finally played a game that I think qualified as a, a back game. It was most of his disposals were in the back half. He had way more rebounds than he had, you know, any, anything up the ground. Um, he played a really, really good game. He's a big part of why Geelong was able to set up so many forward entries. Um, we've talked before about how great his foot skills are. He's mm. just one of the best going around. Um, so we've got the same same game, same team for the one vote, but I th- I think, very different footballers. I think Mitch Duncan got three votes on the uh, Golden Fist recently. Really? Um, in a game where he was definitely playing wing. Uh, Bernie Vince has lost the plot, I reckon. <laughs> we've seen some votes on there for forwards as well, though. So, like, yeah, that's it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, two votes. New favourite of mine, apparently. I mention him every week now. Uh, Keaton Coleman. Same. Actually, uh, two votes. Same. I like what a that. game. That, I think that was his career best. He's had some good ones, but that was really solid. Probably. He's really firming up to be the rich replacement, and he's ready to go now. So having both of them is a luxury. So if Rich can get fit for finals, that'd be great. I think it's also um, such a luxury that he can play forward if needed. Obviously, you'd prefer him down back. Keep him down back. He's such Don't a utility that, that in, in times of, you know, if there's an injury or someone goes down and your forward line's shakier than your back line. He's, he's also a target there, but he looks so much more natural on the back flank, back pocket kind of mm-hmm. area. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed watching him play this year. He's kind of... Uh, it's a breakout year without being traumatic. Does that does that make sense? Yes. Um, and I'd like to imagine him in the future having some Sinclair-esque series, season and winning this medal as a Coleman. That oh, would yeah. be quite fun. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, that would be that would be nice. Uh, okay, yeah, you did your three, two. Three votes? Yeah, we had the same uh, two, sorry. It, it, this one was tough. It was too good a game not to include him, despite the way the team played. Cal Mulkey, three yeah, votes. Yeah, he was good. Um, I didn't sneak him in, but he did He did play a really, really good game. Uh, it's it's hard to look past 16 marks, 14 intercepts, 90% efficiency, slew of 1%ers and rebound 50s. He's, he's 
very good. He's and he has been all year um, in a team that's been up and down whilst he's been consistent yeah. along with Sinclair. But yeah, their, their back line has done really well under, in, in some games, a lot of pressure. Mm. Um, and even some of their wins, a lot of pressure. Like they've held firm. Um, so yeah, no, I, I understand that one. Uh, my three this week went to uh, a favourite of ours again, uh, Mason Redman. Um, Understandable. Brilliant again. He's a, he's a gun. Yeah. Uh, What's going on at that football club? They are playing football. Yeah, and it's it's beneficial to Mason Redmond because the rest of the team's looking better and he is going further th- because of that. Um, before, he was getting the ball, dishing it out to people who were just butchering it. Yeah. And now he's actually... Getting a break in between his disposals, yeah, he- even though he's still racking up 31. <laughs> well, not just that, but he's having an impact and the players he passes it on to have the impact. So his score involvements go up as well. So I think he got nine score involvements yeah. on the weekend. Um, which earlier in the year would have been a lot less because they weren't scoring. Weren't for those scoring. Chains, yeah. Um, but it was ten intercepts. Oh, sorry, ten marks, eleven intercepts, four tackles, nine score involvements. That makes sense yeah. to me. It was a really good game. He, um, I, I think, what has impressed me about Essendon is that they've, or not even impressed me. It's almost disappointing in hindsight. But <laughs> last year, their best football was shootout football. Nick hindsight. Um, yeah, because they are an attacking side. They don't have that kind of drill down kind of team mentality. They don't have the midfielders mm-hmm. for it, and especially not the forwards. So they're playing their best football when they're just relentless. Yeah, and they've turned that on in the last few weeks and should have won so many more in a row. Really, um, had they turned it on against West Coast properly and scored. Um, it's also it's just, a criticism for Essendon in a way because that's what I mean. It's, it's disappointing to think rem- they weren't doing it. I'm remembering um, their just run and gun style, and. Obviously, it looks good when it works, but it's not a defensive team uh, plan and it doesn't hold up under high pressure. So, yeah, I mean, hence that first final last year when they just got yeah. wiped out. After they, didn't they beat the Bulldogs? They beat the Bulldogs before. Yeah. Yeah, and then as soon as the pressure turns up, it's all over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's a good way to lead into the fact that Redmond was my four, so yep. it's your turn again. I thought he might have been considering you were rolling off those stats. Uh, nah. You're doing stats for a special mention. Um, I, I, no, I never give away a secret. My four was to Sam Taylor. Um, yeah, he was, my, he was my only special mention. We were week. asking the question recently about, you know, if Stuart and Wiedering don't make it into the side because of the time they spent out, who does it? I think it's Sam Taylor. I think he has Probably. put together, at this point, a good enough season to be that extra defender. Um, he has been blanketing genuinely good targets as well as getting all those intercepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's leading for spoils, leading the league um, comfortably yes, I think. now. So, um, if you're asking me, it's probably between him and Wilkie, to be honest. Yeah, they're um, the two. Um it's going to be hard to pick. Yeah, it will He'll be. He'll probably get it being a bigger name and that's oh, how the old Australian team works. It's the tough one though because will they still put, if they put have to put Stewart and Weedering in the squad, someone like that might miss out despite the fact yeah. they've played more games. Yeah, it's true. Um, so it's rough. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see but it doesn't matter ultimately. Uh, Sam Taylor's having a great season from you know, where he started off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, your turn for five. Oh, I mean, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? It's Tom Barras. Yeah, Tom yeah. Barras. Ridiculous uh, game. It's like... Being the, his career best disposals by seven or something. Um, it's it's probably the third best overall defender game, like, stats-wise I've seen this year. I think there was one from Stewart where he hit 40-something and another one which is just escaping me at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it's up there in probably one of the best performances we've seen this year. Um 93% efficiency is good he, too, isn't He it? went at an incredible rate. Yeah. Um, and they were in that game, again, They've been their football is just so much different in the second half of this year. And I, I know we talked about how it would be, but it's just been mm. kind of heartening to see them playing a lot better footy. It, it's a shame that they ended up losing to a team 
who they would have, you know, before the season started, had themselves beaten pretty comfortably in Hawthorne. But I'm going to be completely honest. I forgot that West Coast lost that game. I <laughs> <laughs> thought they won. Um, so that's how much uh, attention I paid Saturday, Sunday. Um. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday was the day that I kind of went, oh, the footy's on. Um, yeah. Mel- Melbourne and Port played as well, and, and that game happened. Oh, that's right, because we were doing Dungeons and Dragons. That's we why were. I forgot. Yeah. Nerd. That's why we play fantasy football. It's just Dungeons and Dragons for people who like sport. Um, there, is no, there is no comparison between the It's all, it's all stats and numbers based, and a lot of it's luck. I don't have to role play my fantasy team. <laughs> you're role playing a coach. <laughs> if you say so. Um, yeah, I, I think it was a good weekend for defenders. Um and it, you mentioned Stuart a minute ago, and it was something I was thinking about earlier, is that when he went down, there was a lot of discussion about him being Geelong's most important player. Mm. And the way they've played against finals contenders since he's been out has proven that maybe he's not. And I think that it, maybe it's Blixar's. And Potentially, I was at, he does whatever Scott needs him to. I was looking at some stats today, and on paper, he is, like, if he just went off stats, one of the best defenders, rucks, and midfielders in the team. All at once. He's got he's mm. in the top five for intercepts, he's in the top five for rebound fifties, he's in the top five for inside fifties, top two for hitouts, top three for contested possessions and clearances. Top two for hitouts, as yeah. if he's not the only other ruckman they're using besides Stanley. Yeah, that's I mean, a that's a inflated stat. He's done he's done a lot of <laughs> everything basically except to play forward. I agree. And even then yeah. he's kicked goals this year, yeah. which he normally doesn't do. Mm. Um I think that's the one. I think he is the more important player in the team. Uh potentially. I just feel like uh it, <sighs> It's better now that Henry's back because before if De Koning went down in a game for a game like last week or against Melbourne, it could have been a problem. Yeah. Maybe less so Melbourne. Their tall stocks aren't as good, but it's important to their structure. Now that Henry's back, they have that yeah. second. And if SDK or Henry goes down, they've got the other to yeah. um, cover them. So that makes them less important to lose. Zuthri and a couple of others are taking over for Stewart, so that's fine. You can't replace Blitzars, really, I don't think. Radicalia is not at... This sounds horrible. I don't think he's AFL standard. No, neither do I. Um, I don't even know anything about Segler's uh, form in the VFL. I saw him get towed up by Pitnet apparently, on the apparently weekend. Well. Um, um, and, yeah, I feel like it has to be Blitzars. Yeah. I think uh, the, the strength is that in the back half of the season, that back line is rolling very, very smoothly. Um, it's very hard to score against, and... Um, that's what kind of firm firms him as probably favourites at the moment. Yeah, um, Jack's lids off. Almost out of nowhere. He's been wearing his scarf every day. I haven't. I haven't. It's under my TV cabinet. I couldn't even if I tried. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the one that's been interesting to see this year has been that Frio's has started to get dismantled a bit yeah. in the last few weeks. It's falling It's falling away. It's not gone and completely, but it it's is. It's not that the players are playing bad games. It's just that the structure seems to have been picked apart a bit. Watching Sydney kind of kick around it was interesting to see like that they did what Geelong tried to do and failed mm-hmm. and it looked really embarrassing whereas Sydney seemed to find cracks in it and put ways through it and score pretty rapidly at stages um, I, don't, I don't want to point fingers but their structure has fallen away since Fife's come back and Fife is a is a legend mm. of the game don't get me wrong um, I think his role as the third tall is not working as well as it did when it was Logue yeah um, and I also think Mundy's form has fallen away in the back half of the season, which has been huge um, as a part of the reason they're falling away in games and dropping some where they could probably have won. It's, it'll be interesting to see how they go um, come finals time because I feel like uh, Long Muir yep. 
is uh, the kind of coach that will have them drill well enough to put the pressure on when it 100% needs to be. Um, but I think they're still firmed for potentially a top four spot. Um, well, it does look like Sydney might steal it from them. Potentially. With the way the two runs home those teams have. Sydney's is the easier of the two. Um, I mean, that means nothing in football. Oh, these especially days. not this year. Well, and also, <laughs> realistically, Sydney having an easy run home is probably hard for them because the only teams they seem to be able to beat are top sides. Mm. Um, as you see, they've knocked off Geelong, Fremantle, and Melbourne, but have lost to uh, several lower on the ladder sides. Almost lost to North as well. So it's a weird season for them. That's just a regular thing now. Every team's always Every team's losing to North. North. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it'll it'll be interesting. But I, I'm I. I have a little bit of faith in them. Obviously, the, t- the test will be they can handle pressure, but can they handle final finals yeah. pressure? No, um, I totally agree. I think they've got Melbourne in Perth before, in Perth before the end of the year. That'll be a big game for shaping the top four mm. um, because the way both of those teams are playing, they're at risk of dropping out, uh, and Sydney are you know kind of storming up towards it. So it's interesting to think that not that long ago we had the top four like a lot of people had it as set, mm. whereas it's now. Totally up for grabs. It's, almost yeah. any team down to seventh can take a top four spot. Yeah, and I feel like it's ending up because of the way the teams outside of the eight have been playing and beating each other and uh, the way it's been falling. You might not need as many wins as people expected. Yeah, to it's, it's going to be much lower now. People are looking people at 13, 14. Yeah, it's going to be 11, 12. It's 11 or 12. Um, like a normal year. Yeah. Um, which is funny because I feel like every year, we go, oh, you know, this year's really close and this year's like... And then at the end of the year, it's, a, it's you know, the four's got a two-game separation on fifth yep. and then seventh and eighth is 11 or 12 wins and it, it all shops in the same and we get so excited that it's going to be this historically close season and then it just slips back into regularity. Yeah, the only thing I can think of, depending on how those teams outside of the eight go, there might still be a two-game gap or so outside of the... Uh, yeah. Maybe at part... Seventh backwards, um, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, Richmond Freo is going to be a huge game because Richmond have struggled at Marvel this year, and Freo really need that win to stay in touch with top. It's really funny that you say that because uh, obviously our friend is holding a birthday dinner that night, and uh, I was involved in planning it apparently, and I looked at the schedule and went, ah, Richmond Freo, we don't need to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's a, now it's a big game, so we'll probably catch a bit of that when we get home. It's at a pub. It'll be on a screen somewhere. Yeah, I'm not going to be watching the screen. No. I'll be watching our, our friend try and smoke and then realise they have asthma and then eat some <laughs> chips to fix it. <laughs> Classic. Eating chips solves all of life's problems, I think. Other than, like, I, I, I guess, obesity. but High cholesterol? Yeah, well, maybe you could put, um, what were those mushrooms that our, our mate was oh, cooking the other day? Psychocybulum. Psychocybulum husk. Put them on your chips and you can battle them both. <laughs> yeah, you heard it first. That's back pocket approved. Um, but no, it should it should it, it firms up as a good game, but it depends on which Richmond shows up. Yeah, R- Richmond's been a weird one, especially their fade outs. I think is the is the thing that mm-hmm. the aging side they've got doesn't seem to be able to play that manic, relentless style for a full quarter. And I wonder if Do you mean a full game? No, a full quarter. I think it's genuine because it's the back end of all quarters. They're falling away a bit, mm. and I wonder if them winning the premiership in 2020, a bit of that was to do with that it was shortened quarters and the players like your Rewaltz and your Cochins had more ability to run out games. So Geelong conspiracy coming to first. It's not that. I'm not, Geelong <laughs> probably would have lost to Brisbane in the grand final. Brisbane would have made it in Brisbane instead. But 
I do wonder if, yeah, their, their manic pressure was holding up well that year on, on the back of the short quarters being shorter because immediately they fell off the next year. Yeah. And then this year they're looking a bit rusty as well. So I think you saw what Richmond was like when they had their entire list yeah. much earlier. And I used the Carlton game as a good example of that. The pressure did not stop from minute one to the end of that game. Um, despite, you know, some turns around in the, in the scoreline, Richmond were on. And then as soon as they start getting injuries, they fall away. Yeah. I think with their full list, they are capable of that. Yeah. But that's a luxury that no team has. No. Um, Um, and you know, it might not be as far away from them as you think, because they obviously have a lot of players who are stepping up into roles, obviously, uh, Bolton, Baker, any of the B's, Bolter, um, they're all, they've all slotted in and they're... Barrent. (laughs) <laughs> influencing Bibkus broad <laughs> they're influencing and changing games yeah. and I feel like if you shuffle the decks around on a couple of those other players your Edwards and your Macintoshes those kind of uh, players if you can improve them not so much replacing Shane Edwards because he's a great player and Macintosh has been really good for Richmond but bringing in some more exuberance through those roles like Cumberland's been huge for them the last two weeks um, and I feel like maybe Thompson Dow should probably get maybe a bit of a go through the middle at some point. Um, it could could go a long way to revitalizing them a little bit. Um, but I, I do think that a team that's not only lost to North, but also I, I rolled out the stats in our footy chat a few weeks ago, has lost so many games from four or five goals in front yeah. this year, isn't going to be able to challenge for the premiership because one of those teams that they meet along the way, because they're not going to make top four at this point, they're way too far off that. Mm. one of the teams they meet in those games is going to be able to put on a back end of one quarter barrage yeah, yeah, yeah. and the they're going to lose one game along the way. So I think God, that they'll yeah. threaten teams. Can imagine, just imagine us sitting here end of September and Richmond have just won it after winning five of the most manic pressure games in a row. I'd, I'd, I'd feel silly. But I would I, get I, you I, back on this podcast and have you suicide on, <laughs> <laughs> on air. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it... <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, I just don't see them making it. But I do think that they will cause headaches for teams in finals. I think regardless of whether I think they can win the premiership, I don't think any team is going to want to play them in September because no. their game plan, even if they don't have the sustainability the anymore, cavalry. the game plan is still a very scary one. Mm, and Damien Hardwick is capable of pulling crap out of his ass, isn't he? Oh, aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's you do one. At least they're doing the right thing with blooding some kids this year. So they are mm. replenishing their future while challenging, which is what you know Sydney, Geelong, West Coast have set the template for for a long time. Yeah, it's how you should be doing it. Um, and it is good to see them doing that. But yeah, I do think they're a little bit off this year. It's been good to see Brisbane playing some better football, but I, you know, you've got to question the teams they're playing it against, but. There was a big question over them for a little while as to whether they were going to stay in the top four. But now with their last five weeks, especially with Gold Coast faltering a bit, they look like they're going to secure that spot as well. So it does look like the teams that we thought were going to be top four from a month out might be, except for fourth spot, which is the... the I, I'm still not convinced that uh, Brisbane beat Gold Coast easily. Gold Coast, I think, can beat any team on their day. I was just so disappointed with their efforts. Oh, 100%. But I, I would probably back them in to make a response and you can't say that about every team um, yeah and i hope they do i think that Dew has that team really well drilled i think they have a good you know obviously you can't say it from the outside about a club culture but uh, they clearly do play for the club 
and they play for each other, which is something they didn't so. have in the past. I think it's been a, a big change since uh, Lynch and May both departed. Um, I think there's been a, a noticeable swing in the amount of players that want to be there and even ones that want to go there, not just for money, but yeah, because of the whole system. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I hope they can get a few more wins in the back end of their season. Me, um, me too. I, I, they have some Thankfully to the other losses, they've still a chance to make mm. it. They've just got a really tough draw. I think they've got Brisbane, Melbourne and Geelong. I know they have Brisbane and Geelong. They also have Hawthorne. Hawthorne and Tassie. And someone else who yeah, just so they, escaped my they brain. They do have a tricky run. but they've oh, got West Coast. They've just need, need a pinch a couple, really. They've got West Coast in Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Coast. That helps. But I think that was what I was going to say before. The Bulldogs. Bah? Are they looking like challenging again, or have they just had a couple of easy games and St Kilda's just fallen apart completely? I don't know. I don't think St Kilda have been good for five weeks. No. And they beat my team in that time. <laughs> it, it was interesting because they played the Carlton game and then the I think it was the week after that. And they, they looked a lot better. Frio. And the, yeah, they looked a lot better. And then last week they just capitulated against the Bulldogs. It was kind of shocking. It was embarrassing. Um, uh, and now Ryder's out for the season. So I write them off based on that. Well, it depends. Because um, they've been Ryder robust this year. He has been very important to them. And I just wonder how... Durable he is. How many times has he been injured this season alone? You have to wonder if this is it for him. I mean, side note, the other one is Natanui. I saw an article earlier. It was like season over for Natanui. And I'm like, is it season or is it career. close to career? Would you be, and they're, they're two of the greats in terms of yeah, one Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not disparaging um, But you genuinely anyway. might be because you can't keep a player on your list who plays six games a year. Yeah. Even if when they're at their best, they can win you a game because it just it's not sustainable. You need no. to put someone else in that position and, mm-hmm. and have them ready for it. Um, and that was the thing. You look at the early win in the year against Fremantle and then the wins against Carlton and Geelong. So St. Mm. big wins this year. In all of them, Ryder has been best on, if if not close to best on ground. Yeah, probably. And I think that means that now that he's gone, I don't think they make finals. They've got Sydney to come. They've got Geelong in Geelong. Though, If they lose those two games, then they're probably out anyway. Yeah, it's crazy to think that a 30-plus ruckman is the most important player on a team's list. Is their game winner. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't even play full ruck time. It's not like a, a Grundy back when he was a game winner and he was getting 50 hit outs and two goals or Gorn as he is. Yeah, he plays yeah, 63% and kicks two goals and still has 35 hit outs. And they're and... the most bullshit goals oh, you'll ever see. Absolutely. <laughs> I. He's done so many this year. And I, I know the one you're thinking of. The, I know uh, what I'm thinking of. Dribble on the ground that were it not wet, wouldn't have gone through at all. Shouldn't, mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it is crazy to think that a player of that age is still so important to that team. Um, back on the original question though, mm. I don't know about the Bulldogs. I don't know because, they may show up next week and I See, don't they know. were singing some other baffling stuff in the rooms last week. Because obviously last year they were, what was there? there was a song they were singing and then obviously Melbourne sang it up the rooms when they won the premiership just to rub it in on them. Um, and that, that, They've got a new song. They've got a new bonding uh, track. This is the first yeah, time no. I've ever heard of this. Really? Fre- Freed, Freed from Desire, I think it's called? They were, And they got the piss taken out of them for it post-season. Um, well, people are taking the piss out of them right now for talking about that bull story. What did what did Bevo say? It oh, the Bisons. Yeah, yeah, freedom or something. It represents coming from adversity yeah, or something. Yeah, unity and freedom in the face of adversity. And I was just reading it and I'm like, oh, Bevo. You're not a very He's good a weird man. inspirational speaker. It's like when he was doing... And I, I love a bit of Che Guevara. Um, but when, when Bevo's doing it, I'm a bit lost. Um, 
that was his preseason. Came back with a with a ringleader Moen cell patch and quoting Che Guevara and yeah. I think that his philosophy should just be play more tools. <laughs> they don't have more and less tools. midfielders. <laughs> um, it's yeah. I does uh, Bevo's credits keep him in his job? Oh, absolutely. For how long? He's, he's won and he's won a grand final and made another one. He's got a few more years in him. If I was a Bulldogs fan, I would be so frustrated with the way he plays around with that side. So but, would I. And, but it, it's worked. And last year it got them to a grand final that they had basically no right to make. Um, you say it's worked. Is Mitch Hannon on halfback working? No, that was a weird Is Adam Trelaw halfback working? considering how good Hannon was in the forward line the week prior, but we then they smashed Sitton Kilda this week, we so saw, I don't know. We saw Buhukamas play his actual position for the first time this year, and how good did he look? Fantastic. He kicked a he couple of goals up for him, and he was some well-needed height when he was there, but... He looks so much better down back. Exactly. So sure. Uh, um, it's just, it's robbing Peter to pay Paul, or whatever the hell that saying Peter is. Robbing Peter to pay Paul Salmon. Sure. That's what Essendon's doing with goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you need to retire. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, it drives me crazy and I have no interest in the Bulldogs. So. Yeah. And me neither. They're kind of neutral for me. Um, but boy, it's a, it's a wild time watching them because you look at the talent that's on that list and it's, they should be better. Right. And you watch them get smashed in the clearances some week with mm. some weeks with the midfield of Dunkley, Trelaw, McRae. How do you lose the clearances? And you've got English in the ruck. What? You're not even mentioning Bailey Smith in that. And Smith, who's, who's back this way. And, and oh, Starlet. yeah, you know, that probably makes a big difference Bonte to their, their um, run for the rest of the year. That is true. His, his being back made a big difference to them on yeah. the weekend. So that'll be interesting to watch. Bailey Smith watch. Bailey Sniff watch. Ba- hey, he won't do that again. Sniff watch. It's a little glass plate. Um, <laughs> the last highlight I want to mention for the weekend is Sam Draper's goal. I've never seen someone... Do a less textbook of the. <laughs> he didn't banana it. He just kicked it with the side of his foot, kind of sideways. It was amazing to did watch. You, did you see Damien Barrett call it the greatest goal in Essendon history? That's a big call. <laughs> just because someone who's incredibly unco did something really <laughs> impressive doesn't make it the best of all time. He's just like a more talented Belcho, isn't he? I feel like I remember watching Bell Chambers play, and I've never seen someone complete more brilliant things followed by more Auskick level things yeah. in immediate succession. He, he definitely has a bit of the uh, the Belcho spirit. <laughs> um, as I, I have a bit of the Belcho spirit. <laughs> There's a bit of Belcho spirit in all of, of us. Belcho in all of us. Um, <laughs> but he... Do you remember watching Draper on the footy show on Sunday morning? Oh, trying to do handball, And he always missed the board? He did miss the board. He's playing AFL football. Um, it, anyway, uh, it's a great goal. It's probably going to win goal of the week. It, oh, yeah, um, it should. Rip Cameron. Ca- Cameron's but, a spectacular, but Draper's but, from a big man? <laughs> Amazing. I do take a bit of offence to the more talented than Bell Chambers bit because I have seen Draper play some horrendous sub-Bell Chambers games. That's true, but he's also, what, 21? So. Yeah, well, I don't know how old he is, but... Um, We'll see. Yeah, we will. I'm not. I'm not sold off on that comment yet. Come back to me in five years' time. Yeah, I d- yeah, it's true. He's he's got the mullet though, which does show him off a bit more than Belcho. <laughs> um, I, I I wonder if so. I heard Hugo Ralph Smith talking about it last week, and he was saying the reason he's got his mullet was that at school he wasn't allowed to have long hair, 
And when I think about the number of private schoolboys in the oh, AFL system, I wonder if that's why there's so many mullets, that they're finally, as adults, got the freedom to have Look like rats. hair, that they do crazy stuff with it, and their crazy stuff is just relentlessly long mullets. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe. Because um, you think Bailey Smith and Sam Draper and all these boys of similar backgrounds. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's part of it. Sam Draper, a private school boy? I don't know. I assume so. I just assume all AFL players are until proven otherwise. Um, I'm Googling it because I'm yeah. not. You can tell me his age as well while you're there if you're, if you're, if you're feeling uh, the, the tensions. He went me. to some place called Raynella East College. That doesn't sound like a pro. Oh, it's because it's college though. Yeah. The problem with this is I have no idea what school is what. So I'm looking that up all right. in real time. What was his age? Did we get that? No. I'll, I'll check that while you're looking up what college that is. If it says senior high school, I'm usually on board. Bro, they do LARPing there. It can't be a private school. <laughs> That's spectacular. Uh, he is 23 years old. Yeah, I thought he was a little so, bit older. That's, that's pushing into Ruckman areas. So They're building Lego. Big. I want to build Lego. That can't be a private school. Probably is. Did, did our school let us LARP or use Lego? I don't think so. Nah, but we went to the most povo school possible. Literally why, designed by a prison architect. Why we still live as Povo Goblins, because it was set for us when we entered in year eight. <laughs> but boy, was it good <laughs> at football. <laughs> Just in the era we were there as well. It's it's died off now. This is nothing. But boy, when we were there, did they produce some talent. Yeah, no, I haven't heard of any in a while. No, I, I checked, I've checked the last few lists of 16s and 15s. There's just none on there. Hmm. Which is crazy, considering how many there were. both Waffle and AFL players it produced. Yeah, um, well... None. Which makes you wonder if Davini had a lot to do with it. Not a lot that went on to the too much success. The biggest ones probably being... Nat Nui. Nat Nui and Broad. Yaren. Broad, who's a triple premiership player. Yeah, that is true. I didn't think about that. I did not remember him going to Govo. Um... <laughs> did he? Broadie? Yeah, every year. I don't think I ever saw him there once. Amazing. <laughs> Not, yeah. not a single he time. Other than obviously the fact that he was a year older than this, he was there for every year bar one that we were. Well, there you go. Yeah. So. Well. The more and I know. mean, the most important one is Tony Knott, who had the record for most waffle consecutive games played until he got concussed earlier this year. Oh, that that's, sucks. The, that's the big one. Yeah, I'm trying to think there's more, but I can't remember. Um, obviously, Murray Newman, Dale Garlett. Dale Garlett. So those are the ones that are like. Who are the disappointing ones because they were ultra talented and kind of wasted it. Yeah. Um, Tried to run us over. Uh, there was a... I can't remember his first name. Banfield as well. Um, he was at Collingwood. Uh, so was oh, yes. Blighty. Uh, Jared Blight was at Collingwood for a bit as well. There's quite a lot came out. Yeah, uh, um, over that period. But we're getting into... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're just really, like reminiscing on like people we didn't talk to in high school. <laughs> it's really unlistenable territory um, where we're headed. That is probably a good point to leave it for the week. Um... As always, you can find the website at thebackpocketau.com. Uh, the defensive ladder is up to date. The votes should be by tomorrow. Um, until next, next week. Next week, we'll fill you in on all of the players that didn't and did succeed from Swanview Senior High School. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Walters. Um, I think you went there. I have no idea. I don't know. You didn't I go to Gulfo, but he was on the same street as Yaron and that Nui. Yeah. So. And wasn't Garlet also in that area? Very, yeah, very close. Yeah. yeah, either way. Anyway, um, have fun. Goodbye. Do football, eat maths. Okay, bye. <laughs>